0: Good morning, good day, and good evening. I am as always Brodie Robertson, and today I am looking after a dog. So you may see her running in and out of the room every so often. Uh I don't know where she is right now. Hey Stella! Come here. Stella! She's gonna come here? I don't know. I hear her running towards me. Stella! Come here! Come here. Maybe she's afraid of the office chair. <laughs> come here. Sometimes she uh, will actually, like, come over, but she just got here today. This is my uh, housemate's mum's dog. Come over here so you can at least be on the camera. You really don't like the office chair. Nope, she's gone. Okay, well, you might see her running into the room every so often or she might just run away from me when I try to put her onto the camera. Either way, uh, Yeah. So if you hear like I don't know whimpering in the background, uh, that's going to be why I don't have someone locked in my basement, and she can get outside. Uh, she just likes to be near people because I'm the only one home right now. My housemate is up at the uh, uh up at his work, and I think I'm here till like the 18th by myself. I'm not entirely sure. And then his mum was like, "Hey, I'm going to Perth or something like that," so now she's here and. You know, it is what it is. And speaking of it is what it is, have you guys seen the secondhand GPU market? So when a lot of the... So you've probably seen a bunch of times the tech YouTube's been like, hey, and I, I've i made a couple of these clips myself, but I don't usually talk about like GPUs and stuff on my main channel. On, uh, on this podcast, I've made a couple of videos, I've made a couple of clips, whatever, mentioning GPU prices. And this time, it looks like GPU prices actually you know, did come down. I'm not planning to buy a secondhand GPU, but it's always nice to, like, see what the pricing is actually doing. And there is a lot of cards that are being dumped out onto the market. Uh, is there anything on the screen that I don't want to be showing? No, it just shows my name... Here we go so this is the RX 6700 XT which in Australia just for reference in Australia this retails at I want to say 699 so we have some cards that are 6700 uh some cards Sorry, some cards that are 459 not 6 seven the card is the 6 700 you've got some cards at 400 370 495 650. This is a... Is this a new inbox? No, this is pre-owned. You just haven't... um, Have not caught up to anything. But a lot of these cards are coming much further down. Now, I think... Yeah, this one is by now. Some of these ones we're seeing in here are bids. So I would expect, like, this one here to go up a little bit higher. But I wouldn't expect much higher than, like, at most 500. This is where the second-hand market actually should be. Let's check some other cards. So the 6800 XT, and we'll check some NVIDIA cards as well. Um, so let's go PC case gear and check what the retail prices are. I want to say this one retails at... I want to say... 1,000? $1, 1,200. Okay. So we have buy it now for nine ninety nine. dollars uh, Apparently this is new. I really doubt that's new. That's probably part of a mining rig. All of these cards are basically mining cards. Okay, yeah, this you you even send a picture of it in your mining configuration. Okay, um, one of them's missing a fan. Used inside well ventilated computer. signs of cosmetic damage may be present. This one is missing a. This one in the middle is missing a fucking fan. What do you mean cosmetic damage? That's not cosmetic damage. That's a missing fan. <laughs> Maybe he took the fan off to show like if it's clean or not, but you didn't clean it. So, like that's that's like all dust in there. So clearly that's not the reason. Clearly that's just a missing fan. Ah, <laughs> uh, not cosmetic damage. For anyone who might be curious, um GPUs Need their fans. Fans are actually quite important. Uh, let's go check the 3070 Ti and let's check, I guess, the 3080 Ti. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, 3070 Ti retails at 9.99. So 3070. 3070- now, also keep in mind that the new GPUs are like just around the corner as well. So this is also going to be affecting the pricing. Wow, uh, five ninety. So yeah, retail for this one nine ninety nine. We have one for five ninety nine, five sixty. This one is a bid, um. So that may go up, but there's fifty five minutes left, so I don't expect it to go up much. Maybe much more than like six hundred. Uh, six seventy five, five seventy six, five seventy one. Keep in mind those are bids. Uh. 700? Uh, I think 700 is the highest in the reasonable range. Like, you have some of these here, like 1,099. Okay, this is a brand new card. I don't know if this is, like, a store that's selling this, or someone who stole a card, or exactly what the dealio is here, but the cards that are... Why did I just go secondhand? Wait. or oh, Actually, let's go buy it now. Firstly, buy it now, and can I go... Can I... Like select second hand in here. Uh used. Okay. Oh actually we'll also put new on that list just to see what people are selling them new for. 599, 599, uh 675, sorry, $700, 410 to 850. Ah, because different cards. But the 3080 would be 850. See, that's even that's still like well within the range of where a second hand card should actually be. Now, 3080 Ti retails at 1799 if this is around the if this is around like the 1200 mark that would be reasonable 1250 1499 1599 that's not a 3080ti that's a 3080 1900 mate you are fucking pushing it 2100 Twenty one hundred with sixty dollars shipping, mate. Why would I not just go and buy a like a fucking, uh, maybe th- not a thirty ninety Ti, maybe just a thirty ninety. Let's see, thirty ninety is yeah twenty one forty nine. Why would the fuck would I buy twenty one hundred with sixty dollars shipping? I think that was that card free shipping. Yeah, this card also has free shipping. Okay, it's sold out. Um, Here, this one's in stock. Also, this one is $300 cheaper than, like... Okay, $200 cheaper than this one, $300 cheaper than this one. So, $19.99. <laughs> no, that's a stupid price. So, secondhand GPUs are well within affordable. Now, keep very much in mind that a lot of the cards here, especially, like... The AMD cards in like the mid range and like NVIDIA cards in mid range as well. Most of these are X mining cards. So you're going to be pretty hit and miss over whether the card is properly stable. If you really want a good deal, this is a good way to do it. But do be very careful about what you're actually buying and make sure you like check like obviously you can't do a full check over of the um the card or things like that but at least do a a brief check over over the, like, the pictures they have there and if you can discuss it with them like is this next mining card things like that do go and do so um let's go and look at the card i currently have my rx 570 this is wow um, I remember like a year ago when I was sort of joking about the fact that I could have sold my card for more than I bought it for. I think I could have sold it at the time for like four or $500. Now for anyone just listening, you can buy an RX 570 for $150, $120, $200, $246, $299. You're getting way too... Wait, Apple Mac Pro 8? What the fuck? Wait, did you just put a bunch of... Is this this just a generic... This is a gigabyte AMD card. Why have you got Apple Mac Pro, AMD RX 570, 4 gigabyte PCIe, video card OSX, Mojave Big Sur Monterey RX 580? <laughs> uh, compatible with Mojave Catalina Big Sur OSX with alt boot screen. <laughs> sure, I, I guess the... I'm guessing that system must have shipped with it, or this person is just like... Hey, I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw some keywords in like this is Wish. What are you doing, Stella? <laughs> Before she was like sleeping behind my chair. Like when I was um editing some videos earlier. But she'll like find some place to chill at some point, or she'll just run off again and go sleep on her bed, which is like chilling out in the um the bathroom. I think she's here for like did I mention that? I don't know. I think she's here for like a week or so. i I honestly got no idea. I like um. Housemaid Norm was like, "Hey, just look after the dog." I don't. I, I'm sure she said how long it was gonna be for. I just didn't pay attention. <laughs> like I've looked after animals for some people, where it's like, "Hey, do you want to like look after the cat for a bit?" And it's like six months later, I still have the cat. It's like. Are you going to pick up your cat? Do I now own the cat? Do I pay for like the vet fees and all of this stuff? Why is it? Why is it still here? But um, she's going to go back at some point, <laughs> which is you know it's it's nice to have an animal around the place. But the other problem with that is I um I will get very distracted very quickly. I distract myself just easily enough, you know, just doing the normal things that I'm doing. When there is an animal running around, and I'm like, hey, let's go pat the cute animal, you know, it's pretty easy to decide, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything right now, I'm gonna sit down and, like, play with this dog for an hour or something, like, wait, maybe I should do a live stream, maybe I should do a podcast, maybe I should go edit some videos, or do anything actually productive, but nah, nah, it's not gonna happen, I'm gonna sit here and play with the dog. (laughs) But, you know, it it's a it's a nice change that's for sure because I am like because of my housemate's work he's usually not here so it's usually just me by myself here and you know it, it it's nice I like it it's very it's very chill it's much nicer than a lot of the previous places I went to where it always felt like I'm just I'm still showing the GPUs <laughs> it always felt like you had someone like breathing down your throat. Like, especially because my room was always, like, touching the wall of whoever the, like, the person subletting the place to me, whoever, like, the landlord is, whatever you want to call it. Which is really annoying. Like, here, my room is literally on the opposite side of the house. Now, the walls here are made of fucking paper, so it doesn't really matter that much. But, you know, having that separation there does give you a bit more, at least a bit more perceived privacy, if nothing else. And as for like, you know, basically living by yourself, it is honestly fucking lovely. One day I will have my own place, and that will be very nice, you know, assuming that house prices stay somewhat in the range where I could possibly ever afford one. Um <laughs> Not anywhere near not anywhere near the city, that's for goddamn sure. I don't know what it's like in your country, but Australian house prices are not great. Um like my area isn't the Isn't the nicest of areas, but there's still houses in this area selling for like five, six hundred thousand dollars. That maybe even like five years back would have sold for only three hundred thousand. Like the area I'm in. This, when I was a kid, was thought of to be the really cheap area. The the area that has, like, um, the housing trust house, the, the government housing, or whatever, your, like, the system in your country is called. Basically, the place where they put all of the poor people, and then the, like, you know, the new families also go and buy houses there because the houses are cheap. Like, you get, like, you know... I think my... The house that I grew up in... I wanna say that place, because it did have a big yard, like a really big yard, considering like the location. I wanna say that was like 210. Now this was like, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um I'm actually curious how much that place is worth now. Uh is it 14? I think this is it. Yes. Is this it? No, not Pennington. 14 Ward Street, Davern Park. This is the house I grew up in. Okay. Uh three I was gonna say three three bathroom. No, that's, that's three carport, one bathroom. Wait, no. Three, bedrooms, sorry. three, <laughs> three bedroom, sorry. Three-bedroom, one bathroom, uh four carport. Or like four car spaces. You have like the two carports there, and then you can really fit six cars in here if you really try. It. And you've got all this area over here. Like this. This is basically how it looked when I think these actually might be the pictures from when my parents sold that house. Yeah, they've got the um the purple letterbox there. So it definitely was around somewhat around that time and they've got the um the shake cloth and like the blinds and stuff they put up when uh, I was living there. Right now this place is estimated at 281. Let's see past sales. See sale history of this property. Uh yeah, here we go. So 2000, yeah, 2008 would have been when it was actually honestly way way cheaper than I thought it was. 2008 is when my parents would have bought it then. Um 93 back in 93 when it was built, it sold for or when it was first sold from I think this place was X Housing Trust, when it was first properly sold, sold for $38,000. That's like less than a new car today. Obviously, you know, inflation, all that stuff. We'll actually check just for the memes, we'll check the um how much that would actually be can like counting inflation. Why the fuck is my audio mixer floating? How did that even happen? I'll fix that later. Um <laughs> Wait, can I show it to you guys? No, I can't show it to you guys because I'm not capturing my screen, I'm capturing the window. Um 175 at it it sold for when we bought it. Jeez. And then sold it like eight years later for the same price basically like four grand more. Now it's a hundred thousand more. Like this is obviously like an estimation, but it could go up to three twenty. And honestly, considering um considering the pricing of a lot of the other area, like it will probably go up to three twenty easily. Especially, um, like the, the street this was on. I don't know if they've built it up now. I haven't been here in a while. But, uh, because it was all like ex, like government housing, ex housing trust stuff, they knocked down a lot of the houses. Because a lot of those houses were built back in like the 70s. And they were kind of falling apart. And when something is government housing, a lot of people, you know, don't really look after the place. But a place that's 50 years old anyway, and was built for government housing, isn't exactly built to last, uh, had to come down at some point. So last time I was there, the street was basically empty, except for this house, I think, I want to say the neighbor's house was still there, and maybe like three or four houses on the street. But this area is getting like really built up, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's like four or five hundred thousand in, uh, in a couple of years, which is nonsense absolute nonsense, and, you know, a big part of the reason why I just want to go live really rural, because really rural, you just can't raise up the prices that much, because there's nothing fucking out there. Like, besides besides obviously the holiday homes, the holiday homes that are on the river or, like, anything like that, those are always going to be expensive, because, you know, holiday homes, all that fun stuff. But the regular housing, like um, Renmark, uh, Wakery, Berry... Uh, even, like, going the other direction, go down to, like, Murray Bridge, it's, you can still get houses out there for, like, 200, 250, and because they're rural houses, they're really massive properties, like, way bigger than you would ever possibly get in town unless you paid for, like, a, you know, a million dollar house, but, you know, being a country house also, they're not, like, I said 70s houses for, like, the housing trust houses, some of these houses are even older than that, they're, like, you know, fucking 70 or 80 years old rather than 50 years old. But a lot of them, because, like, no one wants to, no one wants to, like, get rid of those properties because they are just so cheap, a lot of people are doing them up. So the ones that are being sold, they've got, like, all new renovated kitchens, like, everything done up, Sometimes the, like, living room is still, like, the fucking original living room, and sometimes there'll be, like, a fireplace there, but they've, um, put some, like, uh, what would you call it, like, some plaster, like, or some, some rock or something over the fireplace, and if you go and ever knock down a wall, you realize the fucking fireplace there, uh, so you usually have that, but as for the general utilities of the house, a lot of them are actually quite nice, I'm not gonna get into a housing discussion on on this podcast, because I do this every like every so often I like, that I do a, a solo episode, it just gets to housing. I'm like, I wanna buy a house at some point. This is the problem with the solo episodes. The solo episodes, you cannot tell what I'm going to talk about. It could be, hey, I'm gonna talk about gaming. I'm gonna talk about Linux. I'm gonna talk about buying a fucking house. I'm gonna talk about how I'm learning guitar back there. I meant I think I mentioned Hello Stella. I think I mentioned buying that guitar, um, but I hadn't actually got it when I uh, like was last doing a solo episode like two weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, now it's there. Uh, you know, I'm going to show you something. I can't actually play it on the microphone because I've got my like compressor and stuff set up. I'm going to show you what it sounds like if I try to do that. I was actually testing this earlier because, you know, at some point I do want to do something with the guitar related to my channel. Um, not for a long, long time, but I wanted to just test how going to record it, it would actually go. So give me just two seconds. I wonder if Stellar is gonna run when I uh, try to play something. Also, playing in this chair is really uncomfortable. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit one chord and I'll and you'll see how bad this sound. We'll put it. We'll even give it like a good situation. We'll put the microphone right here. Ah, uh, fuck this. Is, This is why no one plays guitar with uh, chairs with armrests on them. Can I fucking hold the pick properly? Like that probably sounded horrendous. I'll do it one more time. That's supposed to be an E minor. Give you a a G as well. That would have sounded fucking terrible. I'm going to stop that now. Maybe considering how close it was, it would have at least had had some had some possibility of sounding somewhat decent. I guarantee that in person it sounds like a proper chord. That's just my compressor and just my noise suppression completely fucking up. It's the same reason why a lot of the time I can't actually use my um like effects mixer because like the so. Audio is very particular about when you actually apply filters and things like that because you can't like take a filter off. Obviously you can disable it, but I mean like you can't undo a filter later in the later in the audio chain like with um image editing. So if you were to say um change the hue of an image and then apply contrast, that is going to be like even if it's the exact same settings, it is going to be a different result. As if you did that in the opposite direction. So apply the contrast and then change the hue. The same thing is true about audio. So, because I have my um, noise suppression, like what I would ultimately like to do, I want to do what DT is doing at some point and actually have like a hardware audio suppressor, uh, hardware um, noise suppression, hardware compressor, things like that. But, like right now, as it stands, I've got it. The uh, noise suppression and the compressor, like basically at the end of my chain, so I can't really do much to like, you know, mess around with that because I can't put it before my uh, my audio mixer, for example. So like, it's it. Yeah, that probably made no sense. Basically, the idea is that the noise suppression is there, and there's a lot of a lot of really low, not not like low as in like bassy, like low volume parts of a, uh, a guitar strum, and, oh, uh, like, basically all of that is getting completely cut out, so it just doesn't work. Now, I probably could deal with it by, like, raising up the gain of the mixer, but ultimately the best way to be capturing it is not using the fucking noise suppression. So, at some point over on my, over on my gaming streams, over on, like, my streaming channel, I might, at some point when I learn how to play a song, actually do something... I'm learning what everyone plays um, (laughs) when they first learn to play guitar, and that's "Smoke on the Water" because "Smoke on the Water" one is a great song, and two is a very fucking easy song. (laughs) But I'm not like I'm not just focusing on learning a song. Like I'm actually just really enjoying learning different aspects of um, of like playing the guitar. There is a in case anyone is interested in uh, learning guitar, there is a really good really good series to watch. Uh, actually, there's honestly a lot of great content on learning music at this point. Um I would recommend go Hey, what's up you guys? Stop. Shut the fuck up, Marty. Um uh let's see, guitar lesson. Go to Marty Music's channel, Marty Schwartz's channel, uh and this is the series. Beginner Acoustic Lesson 1 and then I don't know how far he actually goes with this. But I've been slowly making my way through this series. I've done E minor, A sus 2, uh, and there's another lesson in there for the a, a major, and then the G major. What I've been doing is basically giving myself like 5-10 minutes every day. I've only been doing it for like 4 or 5 days, so like, keep in mind, very, very, very early start. Give myself like 5-10 minutes every day, except for the weekend where I have a lot more time, so... I would sit down I honestly like Saturday and Sunday I sat down for like maybe an hour and a half on both days just going like going and going through this lesson redoing stuff practicing playing chords in different orders things like that and I'm honestly really really enjoying it I wish I'd picked up playing guitar a long time ago I actually did play guitar back in high school like not not like you know, really play guitar. I did, like, guitar during my uh, music classes. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it back then. The problem is that, back then, the resources that are available now just, firstly, didn't exist. Like, this series from Marty, like, came out six years ago, which is still a while ago now, but relative to when I was in high school, like, that this came out, like, after I was done in high school... This, the way he's approaching this and the way he's teaching it is so much nicer than my music teacher ever did. There are so many good resources to just learn, not just music, like anything you want to learn. Like, you're not gatekept by going to a course or going to like, go to a teacher or something like that. There's so much stuff that you can just really, not easily, but like, you can self-teach yourself in a way that's not just, hey, you're going through things blindly, you're actually getting guidance on how to properly do things. Like, I would never have worked out what the fuck an E minor is without uh, having some sort of guidance there, or working out how the G chord works, or anything like that. But you can just find this so easily now, and it's not just this channel. Like, if you look at beginner guitar lessons... Uh, the reason why I went with Marty is because... Well, Marty's is literally at the top. Even though it doesn't have as much views. Which is weird. Maybe I'll go through this guy's as well. Ah, the the nice... Okay. <laughs> is he trying to sell a course as well? That might also be why Marty is, like, covering most of his Oh my god, his content is, like, pretty much all of it. Um, <laughs> But, what was I saying there? Um... Yeah, just if you want to learn guitar, go check his channel out. Very good. I'm very much enjoying it. I don't know if later in the series he goes over things like uh music theory or anything like that. What like what we've been going through with this is basically just how to play how to play the different chords. And I agree with him this might be the best way to like it may not be the best way, you know, Long term to properly learn guitar, but initially I would agree it's the best way because I'm really enjoying it. Like, this is something that there are like on the weekend, I will play for like half an hour, an hour, and then I'm like, hey, I should put this down because my fingers are hurting. But then, like, I'm like, hey, I want to keep playing this. I want to go back and play some more. And then I'll play for like another 10, 15 minutes. That's honestly the big thing that is really stopping me right now. The fact that playing any chords like really fucking hurts my fingers. It's getting better. It's honestly getting like better. It's like surprisingly quickly. I I thought developing the calluses would take quite a bit more time. But. Yeah, that, that first day and that second day. Second day was actually way worse. Second day, I was like, am I going to develop blisters on my fingers? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, stop if it's like really, really starting to hurt and you feel like this is actually like a serious problem. But like, no matter how much you do, it's always going to hurt. Like, it's going to hurt initially. I remember hurting back when I was in high school and like, I it's definitely hurting now. But once, I think once I get past that point, this is going to be something that I sort of stick with for quite a while. Like, I, j- I wanted something... It's the problem with my hobbies, right? Most of my hobbies are computer-based. Like, I enjoy gaming. I enjoy messing around with Linux. I enjoy, you know... F- uh, what else? Um, I enjoy my Japanese study, which is done on a computer. And... All of these things are great, and I really enjoy them, but I wanted to do something where I don't need to be on a computer. I can just be like, hey, I'm going to sit down, and I'm just going to have fun. I'm just going to sit here and chill, play some guitar, and enjoy myself. And, you know, it works pretty well for that. I know that, like, I've also said I I enjoy golf. The problem with golf, like, I, I still enjoy it, and I Still, like, enjoyed... Yeah. Oh, still enjoy. The problem with golf is golf is, like, a whole day thing. So it's not a thing that I can just be like, hey, I'm gonna... Like, between recording videos, for example, I I don't just... Oi, what are you doing? (laughs) I don't just go and be like, hey, I'm gonna go do, like... A nine holes right now. That's just not... Or even, like, one hole. Like, th- uh, you have to, like, go play and stuff and go down to a golf course and do all of that. stuff. So obviously, you can do, like, practicing your swings and stuff at home. But with the guitar, like, with, like, any sort of simpler hobby like that, I can just be like, Hey, what are you doing? Give me just a moment. And I'm back. Um, What I was saying was I can just pick up the guitar and just... Go, no extra planning, then nothing else involved. There is also a bit like the sort of the the show off thing, you know. Being able to play guitar is there is a part of my ego that's like, hey, I like the idea of just being able to say I know how to play the guitar and just being able to play off some random song. Um, especially because I, I there's a lot of people I know who have tried to pick up a, like guitar over the years and just never really stuck with it. You know, there's always going to be that bit of that bit of ego element. To anything you want to pick up, like anything involved like that. But you know, the main thing about it is anything you want to do really is if you're enjoying it, then try it out. So in this uh, in this series that Marty was doing, he was saying that you should probably keep it up, like you know, five ten minutes a day, whatever you can manage for two or so months and then after that time then decide whether you want to keep it like long term and i i think that's honestly a good like a good way to approach it because a lot of people may not really enjoy it from the start or they may be like me where they are really enjoying it from the start but whether that actually continues is another question if you don't like, you still don't enjoy it after two months. Maybe playing the guitar just isn't for you, and hey, that's fine. But if you really enjoy it at the start, this is something that I tend to have happen with a lot of the things I try. Like, if uh, back when I was a kid and did taekwondo, if I was to pick up like you know jiu-jitsu or something now, if I was to you know play the guitar, anything that I do, I tend to really enjoy it at the start. It's just a question of whether. I will continue to enjoy it as I go on, or I'll, you know, maybe get to a wall or something. I'm like, hey, I just don't want to deal with this, or something like that. You know, I don't see that happening. A lot of the time, like, I'll keep that early momentum going for probably longer than I should. Like, there are some things that I do, which, in, not in every case, is, um, you know, productive use of your time. <laughs> That I will, um, (coughs) ow, um, that I'll just keep going and going and going and going and going for. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend you, you know, get yourself a hobby. It doesn't have to be music. Just don't be, don't be like what I was doing, where I let myself fall into a rut. Like, I talked about burnout last week. And that's what that... uh, Last week, the week before, that's what that was. I let myself, like, fall into a rut and just do the same thing every single day. Mix it up a bit. You don't have to be good at things. Plus, like, learning new things ultimately has a positive effect on other things you are doing in your life. Like, even if the skills aren't directly transferable, like, you know, fucking... Taekwondo isn't directly transferable into guitar playing, or guitar playing isn't directly transferable into, I don't know, a gaming thing like playing Apex. Getting good at different things, firstly, it feels good. Like, that's, first and foremost, it is an enjoyable experience to go from a beginner at something to that, like, intermediate stage where, you know, you've got a general idea about what you're doing wrong, And how much further you can go. But, you know, you're in that stage where you're not seeing those massive improvements anymore. This is sort of where I am with kanji at this point. But as you get through that and you actually may not become a master at something, but you've become like, you know, somewhat competent at it. This is where I feel like I'm at with my YouTube, for example. Knowing that you can do that. And knowing that you can do that again and again, and no matter how old you get, you can pick up something new, and you can learn it, and you can, you know, develop those skills, and continue developing as a person. That, that I think is going like knowing that you can do that is going to help you with other things you want to be doing. If that makes any sense, I'm just repeating things that I've heard much uh, much more intelligent people than I say. <laughs> I'm not making some like original point here. I'm just like, hey, uh, smart person said thing. I'm gonna say what smart person said, basically. <laughs> but isn't that how basically every podcast host goes? It's like, I'm just gonna say things that sound somewhat intelligent and just, uh, you know, pretend like it's my own thing. Cause I don't remember, it, I don't remember who said it to me, but like, it's in my brain now. So if it's in my brain, that means that it's something that I made. Yes. <laughs> Uh, speaking of things and um, things that I made you know I I feel like I now have too much power on my twitter (laughs) like I I can say some like stupid fucking thing and (laughs) somehow somehow it gets like way more attention than it ever should so I tweeted out this the other day. Guess I tweeted this out yesterday for you, uh, for me a week ago for you guys. I don't know. Non-developers talking about programming issues is always adorable. Non-dev here. Can't you just slap an AI on the logic, uh, an API on the logic, and merge with an existing AMD apps? So this is like a making a AMD control panel sort of thing. I'm curious what slap an API on the logic looks like in your head. Uh, Replying to a previous comment, but almost all the business logic uh, should be redone to accommodate AMD slash Intel GPUs. As opposed to redoing all the business logic, port all the business logic over to an AMD app or vice versa by adding an interface to both. Elaborate, please, this is funny. And this got like fucking 412 likes and 33 retweets. Like what the hell? Like why are people paying attention to things that I'm putting out? Or uh, another one was from an earlier day where <laughs> I uh, pissed off some people about Windows. Where is it? Uh, where is the Windows 7 tweet? Uh, here's the follow up to it. Didn't think saying Windows. Se- I don't run Windows 7 in 2022 was controversial there are only two reasons to still be using it. Firstly, you have a specialized use case where the software you need can only run on Windows 7. Secondly, you bought a computer a decade ago and have no idea what an OS is. And I think most people would be pretty much in agreement with that. Like, you probably shouldn't be using Windows 7, and if you are using Windows 7, but you don't know what a computer is, you don't you don't like understand operating systems or anything like that, totally fine. Doesn't matter if you're still using it, um, because look, a lot of people will say they're using Windows Seven because they don't like the telemetry in Windows Ten and Eleven. But if your plan to like escape Win uh, Microsoft telemetry is to run a seven uh, a system with seven plus year old unpatched exploits, that's insane. Uh, I did make a mistake on the year that the uh, extended support ended. So extended support and uh extended service something or rather. Uh extended security updates. So extended support ended in 2020. So for like free use, the people who are still using Windows 7, those people, uh they basically don't get any updates after that point. So after 2020, no more updates to Windows 7. With the exception of paying for extended security updates. I mixed up some dates. I thought that extended support was part of the um, the paid thing. Someone might say, but what about developing nations that can't afford new hardware? Which I think is a totally legitimate concern. And a, a, you know, might be a fine reason for running Windows 7 or running an older operating system. But I feel like that's like a totally, uh, totally legitimate concern. But instead of running a highly insecure OS you are much better off using any modern Linux distro. Now, obviously, if you're in a business and they rely on some specific software or something like that, like maybe you require Teams or some other weird bit of software that doesn't work properly on Linux or simply just doesn't work on Linux full stop, you know, it makes sense why you would need to be using Windows then. But a lot of that software is slowly not supporting Windows 7 anyway. So it's not going to be... It's not going to even be like a valid choice to be using Windows 7 in like maybe... I want to say two or three more years. Like I know a lot of games that are coming out aren't supporting Windows 7. A lot of software is updating past the Windows 7 support period. And software that... Software that... Is on like a, a software that used to work, and like maybe there's still a version of that program that works on Windows 7 because it relies on like ser- like the servers being run by the, the company. They might just not support having that older version running on their servers anymore. Uh, <laughs> but like I will put out stupid tweets like this, and people will actually like take what I'm saying as like some super serious thing. Uh, Where was the other one? Before I went to bed last night, I literally just tweeted Gnome. And I woke up, and it has fucking 20 comments and 70 likes. I didn't tweet anything! I just tweeted the word Gnome! (laughs) Why? Stop it! And, like, people have been arguing about Gnome and stuff in the comment section. Some people are like, hey, look, haha, funny, funny Gnome word. Um... But, like, there were people who had actual discussions about KD- KDE and GNOME in my comment section. Like, stop it! Stop! What are you doing? I'm just tweeting out a word because I'm fucking with all of you people. But for some reason, I have I have gotten to this position. And this is not me bloating. I, uh, bloating? Gloating. Bloating and gloating are very different words. This is not me gloating. I don't know how I got into this position where people, like... Not just on my Twitter, on my YouTube, will like hear what I say, and I am treated as some like fucking authority on things. How did that happen? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense, and it will never make sense. <laughs> is, like, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Is it just the fact that a lot of the, a lot of the content on the like in the Linux space is just. A lot of it's more opinion-based stuff rather than purely, pure. Like obviously, my content isn't purely factual as well. Like I will include a lot of opinion stuff, but usually my content is primarily, hey, this is what is happening. This is like going over resources, like going over sources, things like that. As opposed to, hey, I'm going to rant about this thing that's going on. I don't like my content used to be like that, and I felt like it did well, but. Nowadays, the way that I'm doing it, it seems like it's a lot more consistent than uh, what I was doing previously, and I think maybe it's just maybe it's just the way that I'm, what I'm uh, the the content I'm a um, I'm approaching here just isn't really being filled with the in in the Linux niche. Like you've got a lot of distro reviewers, you've got a lot of people that are you know looking at software, and I still look at software myself, just not as often, you've got a lot of people that are doing the the opinion-based stuff on, like, random, um, you know, Linux cultural topics, but there's not really that many people, besides, like, Nick from the Linux experiment, not that many people, and he does, like, multiple topics, doing deep dives on, like, you know, things that are interesting, but not necessarily... Things that are, you would instantly jump to as, like, a a primary story. Like, most people wouldn't see, like... Uh, let's see a recent video I put up. Um, oh, I did a video about a very specific update to the 5.19.12 kernel that was killing Intel screens. Or, like, screens on Intel laptops. Or, I did a video about... Debian voting on non-free firmware. Or like Manjaro, sh- I guess the Manjaro shipping a broken kernel is a little bit different. I did a video on the next phase for Rust in the Linux kernel, which is basically a write-up going over a Q&A uh with the uh, some Linux maintainers over Rust in the kernel. And all of these topics like they're not the they're not the obvious Popular videos in the Linux space like the obvious popular videos are the hey Linux Mint is an amazing operating system Linux Mint or Linux Ubuntu versus Debian Ubuntu Uh, Which distro is better which distro is good for a beginner like these are the sort of Videos that when I thought of Linux space a couple of years back These are the videos I thought of as the ones that do really well and I'm sure they they still do well, and the channels that do them, you know, probably doing well for themselves. But I think that <laughs> I think that the direction I've taken the channel is one. It's it's sort of fitting what I find interesting. I like to do these deep dives on these random topics that you would think no one actually cares about, but if you frame it in a certain way, can be really interesting. And two, content that isn't really being touched by that many people. In a lot of cases, a lot of the videos that I've done recently, nobody else had done videos on. Even, even though it was like, you know, sometimes I'm a couple of days late. Or in some cases, it's just really, it's just really, um, what's the word, Greenfield? Yeah, Greenfield is when it's new, something new, isn't it? Greenfield development, something like that. Like, the, um, the weirdest AUR package. This video, it's, like, about a very specific topic. It's about the AUR. So, firstly, you would think it limits you to Arch Linux users. But when you try to, like, discuss some, like, oddity with the AUR, that might expand out past those users to a more, like, general Linux audience who are like, what is this weird thing going on in the AUR? Like, should I check this out? Is this actually somewhat interesting? And that video got, like, 26,000 views, which a couple of, like, a year ago would be unheard of from my channel. And, um, a lot of my recent videos are going, like, above 10k views. Just remember, a couple of, I don't know if any of you guys remember this, but, like, a couple of months back, like, 4k was, like big numbers for, like, a regular video. If I did, like, really well, maybe it would be, like, an 8K video. But uh, it does remind me of an amusing comment I got a year ago. This person, I think I've banned them from my comment section now because they kept annoying me over all of this time. Um, And I got sick of them, so I I banned them. Um... (laughs) It's pretty difficult to get banned from my comment section if you manage to do that. Honestly, like it, I can't find it now because Discord's not working. Um, like if you get banned from my comment section, you you fucked up. You really fucked up if you got banned from my comment section. Cause I just let that sec like that comment section is just why would pretty much the only things that aren't allowed are I will block out things that are part of known spam messages. So when they're using like you know, special Unicode that wouldn't appear in a normal, like a normal discussion, and in a specific way that makes it look like some other words, things like that. You know, someone trying to uh, evade the Insta block or the Insta um, spam filter by writing "porn" in a different way or "crypto" in a different way, things like that. Like those sort of forms, I'll have on the block list. And, you know, known spam links, known scam links, and, I like, some de- like there are some some details out there that uh, have been made public that I also have on the uh, insta-delete list as well. But, if you manage to get yourself banned from my my comment section, you've got to try real hard. Usually, the only way someone gets banned, besides, obviously, the bots. Like, the bots are just insta ban. Um, usually the only way someone gets banned from my comment section is they are so stupid and so committed to being stupid and have to comment on every single thing that I say and start an argument, not just with me, but with other people as well, that I'm just like, I don't want to deal with you anymore. Like, you are actually wasting time out of my day that I just want to use on anything else. So... I want to say I've banned... Gotta be less than, like, five people from my comment section. At absolute most. Like, five or maybe... Maybe six or so people, but it's certainly no more than, like... It's not more than... It, it's not ten. It's definitely not ten. Um, actually, I can check right now, see how many people... Uh, actually, this might be hard to tell, because I also have people that are... Um, like bots that are being banned from uh by by runs, and so this list might actually be way longer than I ever thought it was. But like, if someone's being mean to me, like whatever, I don't I actually don't care. Um, it's usually if you're just being genuinely annoying. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of it here is just bots. Um, yeah. So I can't actually tell you how many people I've done. Maybe it was less, actually. Maybe it was like three. One. I know, yeah, I know this person. I'm not going to show you it just because I don't want to put names on the screen. Uh, yeah, like two or three people, I guess. <coughs> don't get so banned from my comment section. Like, just be a normal person. I think. <sighs> One thing that. I want to make very clear, is if someone wants to be critical of me, that's perfectly fine, go ahead. But if you're going to be critical of me, I expect you to have actually done the research and show me where I'm wrong. Like, if I make some point about the Rust language or about the Linux kernel or about, I don't know, some program or something that was said here or something like that, if you're going to be critical of what I'm saying... I expect you to have actually read the information and show me where I am wrong. I will not listen to a word you are saying if you're just like, oh, you're wrong. Like, okay, so are you. Like, what the fuck are you saying? But there have been people who've had these, like, you know, well-researched, well-thought-out rebuttals to what I'm saying. Like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I guess I was wrong about that, and that's fine. And I, I think that's... I think that's a, a healthy way to to look at it. Like, you definitely can't. I think there are, there are extremes here which aren't very helpful, but when you get to a certain size, they kind of. They're kind of a necessity. Like, there are a lot of big people who don't read any of their comments. And I feel like that's a very easy way to start getting out of touch with what people actually want from your content. I don't think that's a. That's a healthy way to approach it. I think it works for some people. Like, you get to a point of critical mass. Like, you're a Joe Rogan, for example, where you are so big that it doesn't really matter. Also, people have just been there the entire time just to hear you basically being you. So, if something you say just, you know, doesn't really align with something or it's just nonsense. Speaking of nonsense, I put a lot of nonsense on the podcast. Um... But when it's like that, that's different from being a... I'm in, like, obviously small relative to, like, the 6 million subscriber creators. But in the Linux space, I'm in, like, that mid to, like, high tier right now. And I feel like that's a... That's an area where you get a lot of feedback. Some of that feedback is useful, like... One of the things I, uh, I heard recently is my microphone was... I've had I've heard some people tell me, look, my, my microphone sounds terrible. If you think this mic sounds terrible, you need new ears. What you might think sounds terrible is my voice. The mic, the mic sounds great, though. Um, but someone said my mic was, like, way too quiet. They would go from my video to someone else's video, and either their speakers would be fucking loud or their speakers would be nowhere near loud enough to actually hear me so i jacked up that volume and i'm sort of testing around some audio stuff right now just to see just to see where it should probably be i have still considered actually like foaming the walls um i just haven't gotten around to it maybe i'll have to do that at some point in the relatively near future because it's fine when i'm sitting here but when i um when i stand up and when i like look up the echo is and it uh, maybe like even i don't know if you can hear it cuz of the noise suppression but i can certainly hear an echo on like from the top floors fine because you know the fucking carpet but it might be worth actually looking into putting some foam up i don't know how well it's going to go uh, but i definitely noticed it a lot more when i first started with the guitar like <laughs> that pointed out the echo real fucking hard Uh, but, it's also just started to generally annoy me a bit. Plus, you know, foam's cheap and all that. Uh, I've just had a lot of things on my plate that I, like, had to buy. Like, when my fucking battery died in my car the other day. I think I told this story. Did I tell this story? My battery died in my car. Uh, and at that point, I was going to be buying a car that week. And now things have been delayed, so it's not, like, that big of a deal, but... I was going to be buying a new car at the end of that week. And I just literally three days before I got a new car, it was like, hey, battery dead. Buy a new battery. Uh, I've got to pay for my fucking car radio as well. (laughs) I think that's due a couple of weeks from now. Um, The guitar wasn't expensive. That was like a hundred bucks. But like, I think I had some bills, some like other bills. Oh, I did my tax. I I did my tax a little while back fucking $450 bill or something, which, you know, better than the bill I had the previous year. I feel like I told that story. Maybe I did. Uh, yeah, last year, it was like a $10,000 bill or something like that, because, uh, was it last year or was it the year before? One of the years. It was the year where the crypto market just fucking, Woo! It was. It was the point where it was at this. It was before this point. I I'd sold at this point, and you know when you sell a bunch of a bunch of crypto, it's like, hey, uh pay your tax, buddy. Don't fuck with the tax agents. That's a good. The, you know what? That uh, if you take any takeaway from anything I've ever said, if you want to fuck with, you know, I don't know, um, the whatever your driving, uh, association is called, like the. In like the the group that manages licenses, if you want to fuck with the police, if you want to fuck with I don't know uh, anybody else, don't do it. I'm not saying you should, but if you want to, you you'll probably be fine. Don't fuck like with your tax agent, like your your tax collector, anything like that. The tax people they will fucking destroy you. Make sure you pay your taxes. Make sure you pay it on time and get your information correct. yes <laughs> but yeah $450 dollars compared to that previous bill was a um, certainly an improvement you know it wasn't it wasn't like optimal I would like to have not have had a bill but you know when you are making money over the year and you don't pay any tax on that money until the end of the year ah uh, you know you have I guess I paid I was paying a bit just not anywhere near enough to make sure there was no bill. I might up it, like up my quarterly payments this year, just to make sure I don't have a bill at the end. Um, but you know, we'll see. Plus, I, I don't have any have any major channel expenses I want to be making over this year. I am pretty much like set with everything that I want. I think like there are things that I would like to do in the future. Like I would like to move up to the, uh, the Canon, uh, what the fuck was the camera called? Is it the Cameron, the Cameron, the Cameron, the, the Cameron, the Cameron cam, cameras. No, the Canon R10? Yeah, the Canon R10, which is a new camera from Canon. Um, I don't know if I'm going to stick on, if I, like, if I go from the, from what I'm on now, my M200 up to the the R10. Um, this is going to a, a completely different camera uh, lens mount, so my current lenses won't work on this body, uh, and you can't like adapt them or anything like that. So i would have to decide whether I'm going to stick with Canon or go over to something like Sony instead. This is like a a long way in the future for me deciding whether I want to do this. Uh, let's go buy the body only. Let's check out Harvey Norman. Because you can get this what is it, $1,200? Or did they change the price? Last I looked, it was okay, $1,500 now. Um, maybe I was looking somewhere else. Maybe I was looking at a different camera. Maybe I was. Wait, was the thing of the R7? Wait, give me one second. Or the or is the R7 the, the more expensive one? Because when I looked at it before, I think they'd actually like made it really confusing. Where the where the R10 was more expensive than the R7. Yeah, here you go. The you would usually with like a a product line you would think bigger number, oh. You think bigger number means better camera or better product. No, in this case it's the other way around. The lower the number, uh, but only specifically with this camera. Like the other cameras they have, a lot of them go in like increasing order um but yeah, this is going from the right now. I'm on the EFM mount. That is what is used on their like low end, um, their low end mirrorless cameras. But Canon is basically killing off that segment. So yeah, um, right now there's like I think two cameras that are still EFM cameras. Um, there's the M200 and the M. Fifty? I want to say Canon EFM cameras. Let's have a look. I think those are the ones that are still being manufactured. Like there was another one in there that you could get up until like earlier this year, but that one, yeah, that one's not not exactly around anymore. or Was it the RP I was thinking of? Wait, sorry, it might not have been even been the R10. It might have been the RP, and I might just be completely forgetting what I was saying, like completely mistaking what I was saying. Um, is Canon's website gonna load? <laughs> it just froze. Good job, Canon. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay. Maybe it wasn't this one. Maybe it was the R10. Uh sure. My browser just broke. Sure, whatever. Um, right. Yeah. What I was saying was there was another camera in the EFM line. Um, I don't know what it was called, but. Canon decided to discontinue it, and there's concerns they might discontinue the other EFM cameras. Plus, there's just not that many lenses on the EFM, um, the EFM platform because it's, you know, their low-end platform. So, yeah, it, going up to the RF line is probably a lot better for the longevity of using the camera because once you have lenses, like. You'll replace out your camera body every so often, but the lenses you have, as long as you're not scratching them, as long as you're not being really stupid with them, you can keep like your lenses around for a long ass time. Um, so getting to a more, getting to a more sustainable, uh, sustainable platform seems like it might be a, might be a good idea. Also, this is a four K camera, not that I can. Particularly work super well with um, 4K on Linux because of the GPU stuff and all of that. But I would, would, you know, I would mess around with it, see if it would be at least, um, you know, feasible to do any 4K stuff. But I would still keep the M200 around. Like, I've still got this lens for it, and I like the lens. It's a nice, it's a really nice lens. Um, I I don't know why I swapped that. (laughs) But I'd probably keep it around as like a B roll camera. Like one of the reasons why I don't, I don't do a lot of like vlog stuff, and I don't do a lot of you know moving around stuff. Is it is kind of a pain to have to take my camera off the stand and then drag it around, and then when I do it like do stuff up there again, I have to put it back and then readjust stuff. It's not a major deal. Like I could do it. It's just I could also not do it. Uh, So. Yeah, it, it, I usually fall on the not do it side, and I don't know. I think when I when I do get a new camera, that's probably going to be like as as high end as I go. Like I don't think there is any productive reason to go above like this is a I think it's a fifteen hundred dollar camera Australian. Uh, I want to say it's fifteen hundred. Um, this is the most, like, the most it makes sense to do for a YouTube camera. Like, I know, you know, LTT is like, hey, let's go to a fucking, you know, $10,000 camera. But, you know, for normal things that you're doing, for regular people out there making regular videos... Which is what LTT is really... Like, they could get by fine with a $1,500 camera. Um, but it's like, hey, let's let's just burn money on insanely expensive cameras. Um, I'm not going to do that. Because I, I want to burn my money on other things. Uh, <laughs> which I think is a more... You know, a, a, maybe a better use of your money. Um, you know, one day, maybe sometime next year, I'll buy this camera. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Uh, I will have to, you know, I'll have to consider what I want to do uh, when we get a bit closer to that point. Decide whether it's actually worth it, anything like that. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, I don't know. You know, at some point, I will have to replace this camera. Like, one day, this camera is going to break. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, When did I get this camera? Like, I think, I'm going to check. Because I did a video on this camera. Brody Robertson camera. I have had this for... Didn't I do a video on the camera? I thought I did. Maybe I didn't. Hmm. I thought I did a video. Did I not do a video on this camera? God, look at this. (laughs) Look look at ancient Brody. Look at Brody in the... In the, the purple background. Wait, let's see my background. Wow, look at that. <laughs> my face was horribly lit there. And I, I'm very shiny as well. Like, look at this is I like the purple isn't a bad look, but like I was horribly lit. Like my my face is so badly lit. I look like the background is so much brighter than my face ever was. <laughs> And then my hair light is just way too bright as well. Um, we've done this before. We're not doing this again. We're not gonna rant about my terrible lighting. I kind of want to do something with this room. Like I, I like the, I like the more, you know, not a gamer look. I, I like, th- I like what I've got going on right now. But it might be nice to experiment with some stuff because I do have some lights sitting around. That I could, I could play around with. Plus the fact that I have like more going on in the background. It might actually be a a bit more of a acceptable look. Plus, I have these lights that are actually good lights now. So, having having enough brightness there to, you know, effectively light my face and light my face in a more you know natural tone, like you're seeing. Like maybe I've I, I don't know. I'm I'm still messing around with these lights. I started playing around the settings again. I know it's like really blown out here at my normal sitting distance. I think this looks good. Like I think I could probably get some maybe I could mess around with the positioning of the lights and get something that looked a little bit better in some cases. Like this light, maybe if I brought it over a bit more closer to the camera, it would look better. Um but I think brightness-wise with the way it's set up as it stands, this looks good. I think, <laughs> I think, um, but actually, I'll turn my overhead light. So, like right now, my backdrop is just being lit up by my um, by like my overhead like ceiling light. So we'll turn that off and just see how it looks. Also, keep in mind that I do have my window open here, so like some of that that light is coming through. Um, you know, maybe. Maybe lighting that up wouldn't be a bad look. Plus, the benefit I have now is because my room is so much bigger than it was at the previous place. Like, one of the problems I had with um, that shot I showed before is because the room was so big, uh, so, so small, sorry, and I wanted to get the color, you know, a certain level of brightness, uh, <laughs> it had this issue where the light from behind me would reflect onto my face. So my face would have this, like, purple or green or red glow to it that I don't think looked very good. But with the way this looks now, I think I could... Hmm. I I think I could do something with it. Like, I've considered running... This is something I wanted to do ages ago, actually. I've considered running, like, LEDs maybe under here, and then maybe, like you know, under the uh, the, the, um, the the pictures, the poster, that one. And then maybe I could like, put some lights in where the figures and stuff are. I don't know. I don't know. I think like this, the way it's set up, like the way the room is laid out now, it gives me so much more flexibility. The problem is that I'm not fucking doing anything with the flexibility. It's like, hey, look at this. I have a bigger room. I can do stuff with it. And I don't do anything with it. <laughs> I just I just downgrade and it like I have less going on than I used to have which I think in some ways I think doing less but doing it like better looks better than doing a lot and doing it terribly which is what I was doing I had the fucking purple lights and I had the like lights changing color and it looked like it, it, looked better in that room than doing nothing, just because that room had nothing going on in the background. Now that I have things back there, it's like a lot more exciting back there. I still need to get another bookshelf to put in that bit. Yeah, there you go, in that bit there. So those books down the bottom can stop being down the bottom and actually be in a fucking bookshelf. Because <laughs> like this, um, the the figure stand there, the, the the figure cabinet, we'll call it. I guess this side's better. Um, That is, I guess, technically a bookshelf. Uh, hey, look, here you go. Get some feet. There you go. For your feet, guys. Um, That's technically a bookshelf. It's a terrible bookshelf because, you know, the back doesn't have, like... There's, like, one side that has a back. The other side doesn't. So if you put books in there, some of them might fall at the back. Plus, it comes so far forward. There's just so much wasted space. It's not a good bookshelf. But it is great as a figure cabinet, and I'm really happy with, um, you know, using it, like, for that. It is technically, you know, getting a little bit full in some areas, uh, but when I get that bottom area down there, I'll have one more shelf to work with. Also, I occasionally just throw random junk up there as well, so we have, um, like, here, we have some, like, spare guitar strings, um, we have a box from oh, like my my uh my my arias, my uh, earphones that i usually wear on stream we've got a knife safety knife also it's covered in glue what is this we have got a um an orange filter for my my old lights which i don't actually need for the new lights like I can't use it on the old lights, but for the new ones, they actually have like orange globes in them. So, like, you know, filters like this are not particularly necessary. Actually, one thing I had considered doing to actually light up the backdrop, if I wasn't going to use like LED strips, which I think is probably the best way to do it, but if I wasn't going to do that, what I could do is like get cellophane and put it onto my old lights. I could do it like super ghetto, like I was, um,. Like I was doing with my old lights, or I could do it properly. I've not really considered, uh, what I should be doing. One thing I think might be a good idea though is, <clears throat> like, getting some sort of like lamp to put back there, like you know, some stupid lamp or like a light up penguin or something like that. I've not found anything that really, really fits what I actually want it to be. But I think that would be amusing. I'm going to turn the light back on now, so, like, the the background doesn't look as bad as it does. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Look at that. Much better. Worse? Better? I don't know. I think this looks better than not having the light on. got a notification on my phone. What is this about? Why are we getting messages? What, is, what does Dylan want? Let's find out. Uh... You know someone... What is this? I'm after a young Boilermaker, fresh out of their time, EBA company $65 an hour, work is construction in the warehousing sector, it's a great opportunity for a young guy or girl to get into the construction industry and learn for myself and my other Boilermakers. Must have own transportation to site, would also need boom lift high risk, so 18 year old plus only. Yeah, if anyone wants a job as a Boilermaker, um, I guess go check out the Awesome Boilies page on Facebook. <laughs> I don't have qualifications as a Boilermaker, but I don't know if this is a thing like for, for you guys, but I've got a lot of friends who, for some reason or another, are like, I want to be a Boilermaker. I want to be a Boilermaker. And, you know, that's great. I... I'm not disrespecting people who want to go and pick up a trade. Like, if you want to be an electrician, you want to be a plumber, or you want to be, you know, a mechanic, or a a panel beater, or anything like that. But there's so many fucking people who, like, do one trade, and then, like, I'm going to be a Boilermaker now. Like, why does everybody want to be a fucking Boilermaker? How many Boilers do we need? Like, so many, especially like mechanics that I've met, like, I want to be a goddamn Boilermaker. Like, I'm sure that's a great job, but like, how, like, Boilermaker make, boiler is the, it is the programmer of the, uh, Boilermaker is the programmer of the, like, the trades. Everybody fucking wants to do it. And it's probably good money as well. It's probably why people want to do it. But, I don't know. <laughs> there actually was a time when I I was, like, before I knew that I wanted to do programming, that I, you know, finished uni, I didn't do programming. Um, I, when I was, like, you know, you know, in high school, that point where you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Am I going to, like, go get a trade? Am I going to go to university? You know, during that period where... Which some of you probably are in, or you know, may still be in, in your fucking thirties or something. Like, I don't know what I fucking do with my life. I'm just gonna keep winging it and see what happens. Um, during that period, I was heavily considering becoming an electrician because, like, I had always enjoyed messing around with tech, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with tech. Like, did I want to? Did I want to like do electronics? Did I want to go do engineering or like? maybe software engineering, maybe electrical engineering. Did I want to go, you know, work at a a PC shop? Did I, like, what the hell did I want to do? Because all I knew is I wanted to do something with tech. That is the only, like, since I was very, very young, like, you know, old enough to really know, firstly, what a future is. (laughs) Secondly, like, what a career is. And thirdly, that I had any interest in techs, like, I think the first time I used a computer was like a Windows 98 machine in like 2000, I don't know, four or something. I don't know, something like that. From that point onwards, I knew that I wanted to be involved in tech. And then as I like, you know, started playing video games, that was sort of set in place as well. But I just didn't know what I wanted to do, and I still sort of, I'm doing that now as well. Like it's just. I've, I've tried out so many different things. Like, hey, you're going to... I don't know what this is. It's supposed to be a snake, but I'm doing it really badly. Um, I've just tried out so many things. And in some cases, not even tried out. Like, sort of look, just looked more into them. And things just didn't really click with me. Things didn't really click with me until I got to programming. Like, programming was the first thing that I thought, hey, I could actually see myself doing this for my entire life. Now that hasn't gone super well right now. Um, I've sort of shifted again, but like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be depressed going and being like a code monkey my entire life. I don't know what I would want to do, like whether it's like web development or back end stuff or kernel development or developing corporate software or what exactly I'd want to be doing. But I could still see myself doing the programming thing. And if the YouTube thing doesn't work out, that's what I'm going to be doing. Like, if it gets to the point where where I feel like just things aren't going well, or maybe, like, you know, I get bored of it. I just can't deal with doing it anymore. I have that ability to, like, sort of roll it down a bit and also keep doing, like, start working on a portfolio, for example. Like, what I would do if I needed to stop doing the YouTube thing is I would basically take a year, maybe two years, and go, like, fucking hard making a portfolio, working on different projects, looking at, like, the jobs that are around, trying to work out exactly what I want to do, and get some sort of entry-level position. And that, I think, would work out pretty well, especially due to the fact that I know a lot of people that, you know have been doing programming stuff for a while now. You know, but look, hopefully by the time that the uh, the YouTube thing fails and I need to get an actual job, some of those people are in management positions. And then I can like, you know, hey, mate, can you like get me a fucking job? I, I haven't done programming in, like five years, but I've got this portfolio here. Make your connections. That's the most important point. Connections, connections, connections. Developers, developers, developers. No, seriously, like, if I was in a situation where I had to, like, go do that, I wouldn't hate it. Like, I, I enjoy programming. The only reason I don't program as much anymore is, you know, I I just don't, like, have anything. Like, right now, I, I only really program if there's something that I need to get done. Like, hey, there's a program that I I want to be using, but it doesn't exist. Usually, it's like, hey, I want to... I want to do something for myself. It's not, it's not as much. I'm just programming for the sake of programming. That's where I was when I was like during university before I found the content creation thing. And I think I could reawaken that if, if I needed to. It's just right now I don't really need to. I still do get, uh, you know, comments from my. I think it's it's slowly getting to the point where my parents are like starting to accept what I'm actually doing. Like my mum was never, you know, disapproving of me going and doing the YouTube thing. She was very questioning initially, like when I was still at university and doing the YouTube. she's like oh, I'm just doing a thing on the side. But then when I finished uni and I didn't get a uh, programming job and I just kept doing the the YouTube thing. Still like you know, hey, you're gonna look for positions, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. And as I've been like doing this more and more and it's been like going better and better and better, I've been getting less of those questions. I feel like those questions are going to start again whenever it gets to the point where I actually quit my uh my regular job. <laughs> like when I when I quit working in a supermarket and I just do the YouTube thing, I think that's where I'm going to get questions like, like, really, like, not bad questions. It's never been, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. It's always been, like, out of concern. Like, is this going to go well sort of thing? Things like that. And, you know, I totally get that from a parent's perspective that you're worried about this really stupid idea that your kid has got. Like, he's going to go and make videos on the internet. And not porn videos, which would actually, not for me, do well. But, you know, some people, they do quite well. Um, Not, like, something that, you know, obviously makes you money on the internet. I'm going to go make videos about tech. And, like, Linux. And not programming much anymore. But, like, I don't know. I think, especially when you're, like, I'm, like, in my mid-20s. Which is weird to say. It's very weird to say that I'm in my mid-20s. Because I'm, what, 24 now. I'm 24 24 now. We'll see if I have my like mid-20 crisis when I hit 25. Because I know some people are having those like, oh my god, I've wasted half my 20s. And then we get to my 30s, we'll see if I've wasted half my, uh, we've wasted like a quarter of my life there. We'll see if that happens. Um, But right now we're going good. If the channel drops off and nobody watches my content, you know, maybe I'll feel like that by the time I'm 25, time I'm 30 or whatever. Um, but you know, as it stands, uh, <laughs> we're doing good, so it's not as much of a concern. I think the, the thing that helps out with that is also like not tying my entire my entire enjoyment in life out of how well the channel is doing. I do know of some people that do seem like they do that, where they are. And I was like this as well. Like, for a very long time. It's only sort of very recently that I've managed to properly sort of separate myself and the way the channel is doing. I'm still. I still fade back into that every so often. But like, if a video does well, I feel good for today. If a video does badly, I feel badly for today. I think. I think what's helped out with that is kind of the recent boost in the numbers. Like, I never thought the channel would get to a point where, like, a regular video is 30,000 views. Like, that's just stupid numbers. I just don't... I don't understand, like, how that happened. Like, that number just doesn't make any sense to me. When it was in, like, the couple thousand range, like, I could... You know, I could kind of understand how it got there but as it gets like as the number get high get like gets higher and higher it leads to more of a disconnect between the like what I'm doing and the way the channel performs if that makes any sense. Like I put out the video and I'm like this is a good video and then the views are like this is a lot of views and I don't understand. Like it's so many it's so many people clicking on it that it's past that point where the number even makes any sense to me. Um, the other thing that helps out is, you know, when the channel's doing a little bit not worse, you would say like it wasn't it wasn't at this position. Um, I could look at the number, like when I got out of bed, I would look at my channel and look at the number it said there and know exactly where in my list of videos the uh, video was performing. Now, I really struggle to, like, work out that number. Like, oh, it's 3,000 video, uh, three thousand views at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what that means. Is that a lot? It probably is a lot. Is It's more than a video would fucking do in the entire day a year ago. So it's just... it's. I think the best way to say it is the number is so high at this point that it kind of feels... It kind of feels surreal, and yeah, it kind of feels surreal. It's like this number doesn't make any sense. I can't. I, I see the number there, and I'm like, okay, this is the views on the channel, but it it doesn't make any like. I can't. I can't link it back to what I'm doing. Like I I would be able to back when it was like a thousand views. Like a thousand still a lot of people, but you know. It's still like that's a manageable number. Like, say there was a thousand people in a room. Like, that's a num that's a lot of people in a room, but it's not a like a ridiculous number. But now imagine like ten thousand people in a room or thirty thousand people in a room. Like, that's what do you... like that's that doesn't make any sense. Like, that's that's too big of a number to make any sense if you try to picture it. And I think. I think my inability to picture those numbers is what has helped like cut down on the stress of how the videos are doing. Plus, you know, just, you know, guitar and gaming and just doing other things. When the other weather actually clears up properly again, I do want to do some more golf. Uh, I haven't I haven't had a chance to over the past couple of weekends cuz I've been busy with stuff and the weather's been you know, questionable, and I don't exactly want to go do some golf when it is raining. Uh, If I was in a tournament, you know, maybe I would. When I'm going to go out for fun, I want it to be at least minimum overcast. That is my bare minimum for going out golfing. It can be, you know, like, really fucking windy. It can be really cold. But, like, minimum no rain. No rain is good. (laughs) I have touched on, like, Basically, none of the topics this episode. How many have I actually talked about? Uh, I've talked about guitar. I've talked about GPUs. uh, I've talked about... That's literally it. Wow, I sat down for like an hour or so planning out these topics, and then I talked about three of them so far. Well, let's do a, I'm, I'm going to say, I, I was going to say, let's do a rapid fire section. That doesn't happen. I'm going to pick like one topic and then we're going to talk about that for the next like fucking half an hour or whatever. Uh, let's talk about Steam Deck. Steam Deck no longer requires a reservation to buy. You know what? That That's great. That's great. You can buy a Steam Deck now and you can actually get it. And not have to wait a year for it. Which is good, considering that a lot of people were kind of worried that if they did get onto the waiting list, by the time they actually got one, it would be, like, close to a Steam Deck 2. Which would be pretty depressing. But there is a problem with, um, being able to buy a Steam Deck without a reservation. They still don't ship to Australia. Valve ship to Australia. I want to buy a Steam Deck. Let me give you money. Yeah, so that's that's my problem. Um Valve is still not shipping to Australia. Which is great. And I don't know when they plan to. Uh Steam Deck Australia. Is there any discussion on when that might actually happen? Uh, there's some discussion from like a month ago Steam Deck production update is good for Aussies. Uh Valve has stated in the past that other markets are on car of player yeah. people are thinking maybe 2023. <laughs> Do it you know actually would that be- that would be hilarious. That would honestly be hilarious. if I, I've like, I do a Steam Deck video a year after, like, a Steam Deck review a year after everybody else has, and just do it in like the most condescending way possible. I feel like there's some there's some fun way I could actually make that work. But one day, one day, the Steam Deck will be available in, in you know, 2020 in in Australia, maybe 2023, possibly. You can, like, obviously, you know, redirect it, like, a, a parcel forwarding system, but Valve won't directly send it to you, which is just, especially since there's no renovation, like, a uh, reservation, not renovation, reservation, like, Valve, can you just, can you please just open shipping? Let me give you money! All I want to do is give you money! But you don't want, you don't fucking want me to do so! I've heard so many good things about the Steam Deck. And it I, I wanna I know there are other like handheld gaming PCs, but like I wanna support Valve because Valve is the company that is heavily supporting Linux gaming. I know some people wanna make some like dumb argument about how like it's not like as great as, you know, some people wanna make it out to be, but Valve is the only gaming company. <sighs> is, is there any others that I can think of? They, okay, they are, they are the only game storefront. I'll give you that. They're the only game storefront actively supporting Linux. Not just having a store on Linux, but trying to make Linux gaming actually good. They are the ones that made sure that Proton exists. Like, obviously, Proton is a fork of wine, all that fun stuff, but Proton itself is a... It, it's got a bunch of additions on top of wine, and that just wouldn't have existed without... Valve putting, just I say Steam, without Valve putting a bunch of money into it. Plus, they've been, like, funding kernel changes and other things like this to bring Linux gaming up to a point where it's genuinely good. So, I want to support Valve, but they won't fucking let me give them money. One day. I'll have one. And then we'll do a Steam Deck video. Uh, maybe I'll just start installing Switch games on it or something. <laughs> I really hope that when it it becomes available in Australia, it's not like hey, uh 6 months a year later uh, then it's like Steam Deck 2, cuz that would be very annoying. <laughs> that would be very 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 annoying. But this might be the like first console I buy since like technically in the current generation. I know it's like it's a Linux PC and all that, but my the last console I bought was a PS4. Uh, and I bought that out uh, quite a while ago still not bought a ps5 one because they're hardest held to still buy Two because they are very expensive like very very expensive And I don't want to spend that much money Uh Yeah, I'm looking right now, and it seems like there. Oh, there's a bundle available on on Amazon you can buy this bundle you can buy uh, stop showing me stuff. PS Five with Horizon Forbidden West for nine hundred dollars, which is cheaper than it was a while back. That used to be a thousand dollars. Wow, I would like to be able to just buy a PS Five by itself, but you know because of scalpers and stuff like that, uh, it's still still a bit of an issue to buy. One day it won't be. One day I'll buy a PS5, like, a year before the PS6 comes out. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I did with the PS4. That's what I did with the PS3. Maybe I'll like say a year and a half, two years. Uh, usually when I buy a console, I buy it very close to the end of the console generation. Sometimes the next generation has even been announced. It's great because every game that's going to come out on that system is already out. Sure, it might not be as easy to find, but, like, you can always... Like, any rel- like relatively popular game, or even just buying it somewhere online, you can find anything you possibly want to play. You're not waiting for games to come out when you buy a game at the end... Or when you buy a console at the end of its life cycle. Like, that's the problem with any... Any release of a... Uh, of, a of a console. There's just nothing to play on it. Like, there might be games, you know, but not... None of these, like, killer titles that... Really sell a console. I guess the PS5... It's kind of an exception with that, because it launched... Did it launch with Demon's Souls? Demon's Souls come around just after launch. Uh, PS5 launch games. Uh, did Demon's Souls launch with the console? All the PlayStation 5 games... Uh, all the PlayStation 5 launch games arrived day one. Okay. Uh, right, you yeah, had the um, Spider-Man Miles Mar- uh, Mar- Morales? Morales? I think it's Morales. Isn't that available on PC now? I wanna say it is. Uh Sas- yeah, Assassin's Creed. Woo. Yeah, Demon Souls was a uh, was a day one. Watchdog's Legion, Dirt 5, Call of Duty, Black Ops Cold War, DMC 5, Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite! Yes, Fortnite. Buy a PS5 for nothing besides Fortnite. It will run on a laptop from six years ago. But buy a PS5 to play Fortnite. That is the real way that the gamers live. Speaking of the real way that the gamers live, Persona 5 is very, very close to being released. Or Persona 5 uh, on PC specifically. Uh, Persona 5 Royale, Royal, whatever you want to call it, 21st of October, by the time this comes out, I think this will be, I think this might actually be out on the launch day, or like the day before launch, I have not played Royal on, uh, on console, and I've not finished the base version of P5, but... I have wanted to play P five for a P five Royal for a very long time, and I considered that, like just buying it on console. But you know, considering that it's it's coming out so soon, man, I'm excited. What I'm worried about is whether it is going to be uh whether it is going to be playable on Steam uh on on, on Proton. <laughs> on day one, but someone pointed something out to me that makes it like pretty clear that it is going to be playable. Uh, this right here Persona 5 on the Steam Deck at TGS. This was the like <clears throat> official Atlas, boost, uh, a- Atlas booth where they had the, um, they had like Steam, the, the, the like Steam Deck there in like a separate Steam category. So, hopefully this means that it is playable day one. Because if it's playable day one, I'm very excited. I'm so, so, so excited. Because this is the problem that um, a lot of the previous Persona games had. <laughs> Strikers, Strikers, only just barely playable. Like, a couple of months ago, finally became playable on uh, on Proton. Uh, On the base version of Proton, I think this might still be some cutscene issues. With our Proton GE, I believe that those are dealt with. Persona 4 Golden, for a very long time, was uh, sort of half playable. It was a mess. But now it's perfectly playable. So hopefully, considering they have a booth there and someone is playing it on the Steam Deck, that it's actually playable on the Steam Deck. You know? that would be good, you know, it's it's not if it's playable on the Steam Deck at this point, it better still be playable on the Steam Deck, and playable on Linux more generally, when it actually comes out uh, let's see what other people are saying here, Steam being listed among those consoles is already a thing there uh, I'm probably going to be an outlier here, go and get, a... okay, don't care about that good to see it uh, before the switch to show who's boss in, the... <laughs> in Tokyo in 2022 uh, this is great to see this is great to see Holy shit, it's going to be Steam Deck Verified. Yeah, if they've got it, like, right there, that very much indicates to me they're going to be, like, getting it Steam Deck Verified. And that would be fucking awesome. Now, hopefully they 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 get Strikers, also Steam Deck Verified, deal with the remaining problems it has, and, like, get that actually, like, good. Um, It's not a major deal. Like, it works now. But, like... I would love this to be actually Steam Deck verified. That would be cool. Even if it's not Steam Deck verified, like, they don't fully, like, deal with the program. If it's just playable on Steam Deck, I'll be so happy. Please, Atlas, please. I want to play this game on stream. I want to play it on PC. And hopefully, like, you know, uh, actually, no. You know, the only issue is maybe my GPU isn't going to be able to handle it. Because it is getting a little bit old, and some games are a little bit uh, a little bit funky. And considering it's a PC release, there may be some graphics settings that you may be able to like turn up. Also, a PS5 release, so you would hope that they've like up like up some graphics and things like that. Maybe it's gonna be an issue to run. Maybe I just need to go and actually buy buy a new GPU at some point. <laughs> buy buy one right now. Get it before our uh, P5 releases. Maybe seems like an idea um i don't know when we're supposed to be seeing the the new amd gpus some people are saying maybe like first quarter next year there's still like a lot of rumors about when it might be what it's going to be we don't really know much about them we know the 4000 series is very very close to coming out like that that's like just around the corner um. Oh. Okay, wait, sorry. This is new. I didn't know about this. Join us on November 3rd as we launch RDNA 3 to the world. So I don't know if that means launch day. It very much probably won't be launch day. We're a month beforehand and we're not seeing as... Yeah, it, it's announced on that day. So if they're being announced then... Considering we don't have, from what I've seen, a ton of leaks, maybe they aim. I don't know if you would aim for like you go November release if you're announcing it November. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they want to go fucking head to head with Nvidia, because Nvidia, like, when's the um when's the four thousand series? Uh, Nvidia forty ninety um release date. This is coming out. Wait, did it just come out? Hold up. Wait, I think it. <laughs> Wait. Okay, sorry. The forty ninety is out. I guess. Um, now, like, I I'm in United States. Sure. Wait, can you buy one right now? Okay, I guess it's tomorrow. Tom- yeah, it'd be U S time. So it it's out tomorrow. If they want to, like, if they release them, like, sometime in November and they want to go, like, a month behind NVIDIA's release, I am, I'm very curious to see how that goes. That would be a, that would be an interesting battle. I hope the AMD cards do well. Like, I really do. Because, well, I'm going to buy a new card at some point anyway. But I don't know whether I'm going to buy 6,000 series or if the upgrade to 7,000 is going to actually be worth it. I don't know. Right now on a 570, literally anything I buy is an upgrade. It's just how much of an upgrade do I actually want to be making? <laughs> do I like? Do I want to buy a generation behind and potentially get like a really good deal on a card or do I want to go current generation and just crush everything that I could want to play like I I am so excited about being able to play FF14 and being able to use like a like a shader and make the game look really really good and like being able to crank the settings and like I'm getting, like, 120 FPS already, but, like, a consistent one... Like, 120 in Limsa Minza, which is where all the fucking RPs hang out and are doing their cat girl dances. I get, like, 70 FPS there because there's just so many people there, but a solid 120 and a solid 120 when I'm streaming? May, that sounds pretty compelling to me. Plus, I want to be able to play Elden Ring. I can play Elden Ring on my 570, but, like... I don't, I don't want to play Elden Ring until I have a system that can crush Elden Ring and can like run it at good settings and that's, that's what I'm waiting for wait Ma- wait are they gonna if they do November wait when is Black Friday they're not gonna aim for the Black Friday window are they No way, no way. Invi- uh, AMD is gonna aim for a Black fr- uh, Black Friday release. That would be actually that is a giga brain. If we'll see what Nvidia, uh, what I keep saying Nvidia, what AMD does when they are uh, when they do their announcement, then. But if they aim for the Black Friday window. That would be crazy. And you could do like a, a Black Friday, not like a massive sale. Like you don't want to do a massive sale on your like initial release card, but like some sort of kickback, like a $50 discount or a $50 kickback, something like that. Mm. And or maybe like a go $100. You like price yourself $100 under the NVIDIA card. And even if the performance isn't like, absolute, like, like, absolutely on par with the 4090. (laughs) I'm very interested to see what AMD is going to do. Maybe they don't do that. Maybe they're like, hey, we're going to release in first quarter and skip past all of that. But if they don't, if they don't, that's going to be crazy. And I might have to just go and buy one. I'm not going to buy top tier card. I'm going to wait for, like, the... I usually buy mid to upper tier, so, like, the I'm looking at the 6700 XT right now. I would buy, you know, the 7700 XT or whatever they end up calling it. Uh, that's usually where I like to sit. I could go higher. I don't want to go lower, but I I could definitely go higher, especially now that prices are somewhat normalizing. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with the with the previous cards, though, as like as the new cards come out. I wonder how much the prices are going to drop. Because I've never really paid this much attention to card prices in that, like, generational gap. Obviously, they drop them because they're slotting new cards into that price point. It's just a matter of how far you drop something like the 6700 XT. Like, do you drop it $100, $150? Like, what exactly? what exactly is going to be done there? I still love that PC Case Gear says that cards are on sale. Like, this card's normally $1,099, and it's on sale. It's been on sale. Actually, they've dropped it from, like, half the descriptions. (laughs) But, like, it's been on sale for the past four months. It's not on sale anymore. That's just the price. (laughs) I think a lot of people have been waiting, waiting patiently and very excitedly. One, for GPU prices to come down. But, two, Black Friday because this combination now that gpu prices are somewhat normalized and black friday is coming up like i expect there to be massive pc sales like i know i know amd had they had issues over the past wasn't it past year where they sold way less hardware um hardware sale they sold way less hardware than they had actually expected to do so uh, I think it was AMD. Uh, desktop CPU sales see biggest decline. Wait, no, this is just general market share. I I thought some someone was telling me that uh AMD made too much shit and didn't end up selling anywhere near as much as they had anticipated to sell. Ah, here it is. AMD Ryzen 7,000 sales plummet by 70% in the second week in... Okay, is this specifically in Germany? Um, I thought it was a more general thing. Maybe someone was, like, overblowing a story like that. Um... I think just generally the market is down. Like, a lot of people are... You know, you, like, a lot of people haven't wanted to buy PC hardware. One, because they've got like bills and shit to pay. But two, like, prices have been fucked. And you might as well just wait to that time of the year where sales are going to happen. You don't need to buy a new GPU now. You don't need to buy a new CPU now. You can probably wait. And that seems to be what people are doing. And hopefully shit doesn't go out of stock and actually buy something. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, um, I'll I'll hold out at least at least a little bit of hope. Um, it probably won't go too well. Probably shit's gonna sell out and it's gonna be a mess. But maybe it won't be. Maybe I'll get something. But by the end of the year, well, well I'll make my decision when AMD does their announcement. If they announce new cards are coming out before the end of the year, I will probably. I will pull the trigger on something. Whether it's new generation or old generation, I'll pull the trigger on something. If it's not until next... Like, first quarter next year, I'll probably still buy something, but it'll be, obviously, like, the $6,700 during uh, Black Friday. Get some sort of good deal on it. Hopefully, like, you know, $600. 600, $600 or $550 would be nice. Even, honestly, $650. Like, any sort of deal. I am... I am willing to pay the current prices. So anything less than the current prices, I am very willing to pay. <laughs> As I said, 570. Anything is a anything is big upgrade. Double my performance. Triple my performance. Like, it doesn't matter what I buy. Everything is good. This is the great thing about waiting, like, either waiting a long time or... Buying a card that was already outdated when you bought it. Anything you buy after that is just so exciting. <laughs> you wanna go from 60 FPS to hundred and 180 FPS? Well you can. <laughs> well you can. <laughs> and considering that I mainly play a lot of indie stuff, and the only like really performance performance heavy thing I play is FF14. I'm I'm good as it is, but I wanna get more. And Elden Ring. And Elden Ring. Elden Ring's very important. Um, speaking of things that are priced and not cheap like GPUs are getting, uh, not still not cheap, but like cheaper, the new Meta Quest Pro is a cutting-edge headset looking for an audience. Meta's new high-end headset introduces eye-tracking and mixed reality for 1400 and 99 Dollar dos Actually, that's not, that's not even dollary-do's. That's American... That's American US dollars. I don't know what that would be in dollary dues, Probably like fucking $2,000. This is what it looks like. Honestly, I think we, we're getting to the point where these headsets are kind of like... They still look ridiculous. But they're getting to the point where they're becoming glasses. This is like ridiculous looking glasses, but, like, they're thinning down. Like, remember the Oculus... I don't know if any of you guys have used it, but I... My first VR headset was the Oculus Dev Kit 2? I want to say Dev Kit... Was it 2 or 1? I think it was Dev Kit 2. And then, I think after that, I tried the... I think it was the first generation Vive. Vive. Now, these are AR glasses, so it's a different thing than VR. But even then, like, we've gotten to the point where these things are, like, actually getting small. Within 10 years, I wouldn't be surprised if we do have glasses. Like, not not a big headband sort of thing, like actual, you know, Ray-Ban sort of thing. From my understanding, the sort of, like, goal with this is to make... Things like, you know, digital meetings, a more, you know, natural, natural sort of thing. So the eye tracking, the facial tracking, things like that are there to make your, 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 like, digital model look more like your actual, like, actually being a human. It's gonna have more expressive movement, things like that, rather than. You know, rather than being very static like they are now. Now, if you go look at, like, the VTuber space, you can see there's a lot of stuff that can be done just with, like, iPhone cameras and stuff like that. But having a dedicated piece of hardware is obviously always going to be better. And I'm... Obviously, this is a very, very specific device. Like, this is a... It is targeting a very specific audience. It is not a. This is not a general consumer device. This is fifteen hundred dollars for an AR headset. But I think in a in a corporate space, especially as we do move towards more of these, more of these digital meetings, these digital workspaces, I think devices like this are going to become maybe not ne- like necessity or necessary <laughs> necessity. They become necessities, become necessary. They are going to be a a place where a lot of innovation can exist. Because a Zoom call, a Jitsi call, a Discord call, whatever you want to call it, it is a perfectly functional way of holding a meeting. But it is not like being in a room with a person. And this VR approach is sort of bridging that gap between a, a... <clears throat> that, like, really computer Zoom call and that in-person meeting. And I don't care about most of the metaverse stuff, but when it comes to the the corporate meeting stuff, I think that actually does have quite a bit of a... Uh, quite a bit of, you know, potential to really, like, take off. And every step we take with better headsets like this and, you know... Lighter stuff and thinner stuff and better tracking. Everything we do takes us one step closer to Sword Art Online. And that is always great for me. My only concern is that when we get to Sword Art Online, it's going to be full of NFTs. But considering the market has, um, you know, imploded on itself... Maybe not as much of a concern as uh, it would have been a year or two ago. (laughs) But companies are still pushing hard down the NFT space. Uh, One great example of this that sort of plummeted into oblivion is one of the NFTs that Logan Paul bought for $623,000 in 2021 is now worth $10. Because NFTs are not a bubble and never were. And ignore the fact that sales are down something like... 90 or so percent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What a fun time that was. Do you guys miss when... uh, When... uh, NFTs were like this crazy thing that everyone was so excited about and then, you know, just... Didn't really care about anymore. Yeah, that was fun time. Uh this person is saying, I don't know where you got the ten dollars from, but uh hey, is a pretty good offer on it. Uh someone offered a thousand dollars. Okay, so not ten dollars then. Uh a thousand dollars from six hundred and twenty-three thousand. It's not a big difference. Either way, you lost quite a bit of money on that quite a bit of money, and I laugh. Look, if you're going to buy NFTs, and you're going to buy an NFT for 623000 it's not even a good picture. Like, it's one thing to buy something that Beeple makes. Like, you know, actual good art. It's another thing to buy this computer-generated nonsense that is absolute junk. So if you're going to do that, you should lose your money. Because, you know, economic Darwinism... (laughs) It is economic Darwinism. If you are so stupid that you're going to waste your money on something like this, then, you know, you deserve to waste your money. You deserve to lose it. But if you're someone like Logan Paul, you have so much money anyway, it doesn't really matter. If you're a regular person, well, you know, that's uh, that might be a bit more of a uh, an issue if you lost that money. But you're also just really bad with money anyway. So no one can really help you. Anyway... That is going to be it for me. Uh, I still didn't talk about half the stuff I wanted to talk about. But uh, we'll just end it there. So that is going to be... I think I said that already. Did I say that? That is going to be it for me? I think I did. Anyway, um, main channel, Brody Robertson. I do Linux videos primarily. I've got my gaming channel. Brody Robertson plays. uh, Call to the Lamb. The world ends with you. Great games. Playing them. Uh, come and hang out or something. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, the video version is available on YouTube. If you're watching the video version, the audio version is available anywhere you can find audio podcasts. So be sure to go and check that out. That's going to be it for me. And I'm out.